Hey friends, thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. This is your girl, Kristen Denise, also known as KD, and I am so grateful that you are joining us on our self-care journey. I want to ask you to remember to make sure that you subscribe so that you're always aware of a new conversation that drops, that you rate us because we want to know how we're doing. Give us five stars. And that you leave a review so that other people can know what we're talking about and know why they should join in on the conversation. Thank you so much for your help. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey friends, it is your girl, Kristen Denise, also known as KD, here with another episode of the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. It's been about three weeks since I released the last episode. That's probably the longest. Well, that is the longest break I've taken um, since starting the podcast in August of 2019. Um, it was a necessary break, though, and so I'm glad I took it because, as I like to state, I deserve the best of what I have to offer. And sometimes the best I have to offer me is rest. I have just previously shared this is an interesting season Um, I shared on the last episode how to navigate low energy, which is definitely a place I found myself in um, over the last few weeks. I'm grateful because God in that has also given me some really, really, really sweet moments, Um, some really, really, really peaceful moments, some beautiful memories have been created. Um, I've given myself space and grace to move how I need to move. People have worked with me in that space and grace. Um, in my employment, in my academics. So that has all been utterly amazing. Um, It's a reminder to all of us to ask for the help that we need because we are worthy of it. Um, To ask for the space that we need because we are worthy of it. Um, And to trust that in the end, we will get what we need because we are worthy of it. I am, if nothing else, an example of that. Still spending a lot of time in the bed because me and the bed are friends. Um, Again, really low energy. Tired a lot. Um, Still progressing along, though. Getting stuff turned in. Moving through this last semester of grad school. Working on future plans. Um, All of that is still happening. Even if sometimes a little bit slower than I would like. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll have exciting news to share with you guys. Um, still preparing to turn 40. Really excited about that. I believe that this last 10 years of my 30s has been instrumental in setting a really firm foundation for my upward trajectory in my 40s. Um, you know, I really feel in a, in a lot of ways like life is just getting started for me. So that's really, really beautiful and exciting to look forward to. Um, I'm appreciative that this, I feel like this extended slowdown is preparation for the the upswing that will take place um, in the months and years to come as I get into this next uh, book of my life. Not a new chapter, but a whole new book. Um, This is definitely a season of transition and I'm owning all of that. So that's cool. A quick uh, podcast fun fact. That last episode, you know, apparently a lot of y'all are feeling me in this low energy season of life because that last episode, which is only three weeks old, is already the number two most listened to episode of the podcast, Um, which is just like, wow, in three weeks time, 
it's made it to the number two spot. The number one episode, which is really sweet, is still morning affirmations. Um, because having that good morning routine is a game changer. I can say that, um, I have been journaling every day for 2021 and I'll admit some days I've like missed and had to do kind of two on one day, but I have a journal entry for every day of 2021, uh, full disclosure. And in each one, I include that morning mantra as part of my morning affirmation, um, something I'm grateful for because even on some of these rougher, slower moving days, I'm still, um, present with a heart that's overwhelmed by gratitude and my intention for the day. And I'll be real. Sometimes my intention is just to kind of rest. Sometimes my intention is actually to do just enough. Um, Sometimes my intention is to take the world by storm. And I can say that for the most part, I've met my intention every day, be it intentionally moving really, really slow on my turtle status or intentionally knocking it out of the park. I meet my intentions. So I'm glad that the morning affirmation episode is number one and it's helping people to hopefully move forward in their hopes and goals and dreams in the ways that I know that you can. Um, today's topic is going to be a heavier one because um, it's just very appropriate for my world right now. I won't get into the details of it and hopefully I can maintain my composure and not get too emotional. But it's an emotional topic, so if I do, you know what? There's grace for that. Um, So today's topic is grappling with grief, right? And and handling grief well, you know, um, because there is a good way and a bad way to handle grief. And the reality is is that at some point, we're all going to deal with grief in one way, shape, or form or another, um, Most of us, when we think about grief, we think about experiencing like the loss of a loved one. Um, But there's so many different things in life that involve a grieving process. Any loss, honestly, in particular, any major loss can set off a grieving process in your world. And it's important to give yourself space to move through the stages of grief, to move through the emotions that come with grief. Um, Well, it's important that you give yourself space for the physical manifestations of grief because often we think about the emotional side and we don't really pay attention to how grief may manifest in our bodies physically but it does um and just kind of how to effectively move forward in all of that so grief again grief can come from a myriad of um, triggers right it can be triggered in our life by a bunch of different things Any major loss, honestly, can trigger an episode of grief in your life. And for most of us, grief is an episode, right? It's not, you know, we don't have to worry about running into actual grief management problems because that is a a mental health diagnosis. People who just have an extremely difficult time handling a particular type of grief um, can have a grief disorder. Most of us won't make it that far into our art, the grief process. And kind of one of the ways to help us not get that far is to um, give ourselves give ourselves the space and grace that we need to walk through grief effectively. Um, so just one, recognizing the different things that can trigger grief. It could be the loss of a job. That is definitely, and in particular in this season that we're in with the pandemic, um, there's still some social unrest. There is uh, a lot of people are grieving kind of what they assume that having a change of year and a change in administration 
would cause. I feel like a lot of people, and even to a certain extent, myself included, it was like, okay, new year, new administration, life will feel better faster. It's not really true, right? A new year is literally just the next day on the calendar. A new administration still takes time to kind of amp up and get their programs and policies out. And you kind of, for, for where we find ourselves, you have to undo some of what's been done and then find a way to move forward to the next thing. So there were these changes that we kind of were anticipating and there's this sense of letdown and loss when that change doesn't happen immediately. Um, again, loss of a pet, people's pets really do become family to them. And I've had friends recently, you know, experience the devastating and traumatic loss of a, a pet friend. And it's really, really hard. And some people don't make space for that. Like, oh, it's just an animal. But anything you love and nurture and care for and watch grow and is there as a source of comfort and that is a part of your life and that part is taken away, that's a loss. And it can be very, very difficult um, and it's significant and people need space for that. Loss of a friendship. Let me tell you something. My friendship breakups have been much harder on me than any of my romantic ones um, because these are people who you, you maybe have had in your life for a significant period of time and you can't imagine life without them and then based on circumstance or just any number of things, they're suddenly gone and that person you would have called is no longer that person. What do you do with that? Or, you know, um, that person who you have all these inside jokes with or you have these pictures and these memories and these moments that they're attached to as significant parts of your life. Like, it's almost like they don't mean anything anymore. And so that can trigger an episode of grief. Um, Loss of a personal dream. Our plans for ourselves really can take shape in our head and in our heart and we could be moving in a particular direction and when that plan changes in particular if it changes suddenly and without our permission that's a heavy loss because we end up grieving the life that we thought we would have that now maybe doesn't seem accessible to us loss of a romantic relationship grief um in addition to loss of a loved one or even a strained relationship you know i've had some friendships that have broken up and they've strained other relationships around them and I'm grateful because a lot of those have been able to come back together in more beautiful ways but some of them haven't they're gone and people who I used to talk to daily I don't talk to anymore um and it hurts it hurts a lot and if we don't allow ourselves space to kind of make it through the process it can cause some permanent damage and we don't want to do that so let's talk about stages of grief um the stage, there are different things. You'll see like five stages. You'll see seven stages. You'll see 12. I'm going to go with five because they're the most general and I feel like they're encompassed in all of them. I think some of these probably have some sub stages in them that people go through. Um, it's not a linear process. You can kind of, you can start at one stage and then jump back to another. So it's not really like a one, two, three kind of thing for most of this. It's a, where I find myself when I wake up today. Some stages can be a day or two. Some stages can be months. Um, I find myself when grieving certain things, I'll say, uh, I still grieve the loss of my grandmother. My grandmother passed away in 1995 in August, right before I started high school. And so you're literally talking about something that took place 26 years ago. Is that, yeah, the math is right. I was like, is the math right on that? Or in August of this year, it'll be 26 years ago that she's left. Um, And I still have moments where it's hard, right? It's hard to think, especially when I get to see some of my friends with their grandparents. 
those are beautiful loving stories. I'm so excited that they still have these pivotal relationships in their life. But it can make me angry because I don't have my grandmother anymore. Um, it can cause depression because I wonder what she would have thought of what I was doing right now and all the things that are going on in my life. Um, you know, I can find myself bargaining with God. Like, let me feel her, you know, let me see her in a dream. Let me connect with her in another way. Cause I'm missing her. And like, I'll do whatever you ask if I get that opportunity. Um, so the five stages are denial. Denial's, you know, it's pretty obvious. You just kind of, you're like, no, it's not real. It's not happening. They're not gone. It's not gone. You know, this opportunity didn't leave. Um, this friendship is still st- solid. You know, whatever it is, you're, you're denying the truth of what the situation really is. Um, and here's the thing. If you're denying it, you can't deal with it. If you're denying it, you can't make a plan to move forward. If you're denying it, you don't give yourself the grace that you need to process through the emotions and the feelings and all of the things that come along um, with having a loss of any kind. The next stage that they discuss is anger. Anger. I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough room to feel anger. And then the people around them when they're grieving also kind of push back at anger because anger is such a heavy emotion. Um, it could be such a hard one to balance for people. We don't like to see people angry. A lot of times we're very uncomfortable with angry energy. Like, look, yeah, I'm okay if you're sad, but this anger thing, I don't know what to do with that. Um, I can, anger is probably one I experience really strongly when it's the loss of a loved one. Because I'm like, you know, this is super transparent, right? I'm going to be super real. I'm like, there are horrible, hateful people in the world who get to live and be and do and have these wonderful lives. And it's like, well, what the hell? When we see these beautiful, sweet, loving, good people leave, what will always feel like too soon. Um, but especially when they're younger, especially when we see them as having a lot of life ahead of them. Um, especially when they were like full of joy and happiness and you were like, they had so much to give and they're gone. And then this old hateful, crass, mean, rude person gets to just live and be and spread all of that foolishness in the world. Not kind, but true. Um, and so that triggers anger in a lot of people. I've, I've seen parents who've experienced the loss of a child be very, very, very angry. And that's understandable. Like, it's not right, you know, in the, the natural order of things. You don't outlive your children. And so when you do, it's devastating loss that can cause a ton of anger because you're dealing with feelings you never thought you would have to deal with. And, and quite honestly, you probably would never wish on your worst enemy. Um, there is bargaining, right? If you can bring them back, you know, me for them. Me for this, another opportunity. Can it come back around? What do I need to do to fix this? Some things can't be fixed. Some losses are indeed permanent. And um, no amount of bargaining can change that, right? Um, There is depression. Now, we know, I know depression all too well. Usually, when it comes to grief and loss, depression is considered situational. You know, I have a general mental health diagnosis of major depressive disorder, which means for me, it's not situational. Now, my depression can be triggered by a situation. It can be triggered by a loss. But flip side, my life can be going very well and my depression can still come up as a challenge that needs to be faced. Most people, when they're dealing with depression, it's usually situational and it's sparked by some type of event of major loss, personal upset, things of that nature. Um... 
that depression still needs to be managed, right? Sometimes it still needs to be managed with medication, even though it's short-term and situational. It's a great, great opportunity to invest in, excuse me, in therapy. Um, This is your friendly reminder that there are different types of therapy. Most people, when they think of therapy, they think of the general talk therapy. There's art therapy. There is... um, like different therapy that like just with your behavior, behavior disorder, things of that nature. So investigate the various types of therapy that are available to you to help you deal with how depression may come up for you if you're experiencing a loss. And then what is considered the final stage of depression is acceptance. You recognize that what you had is no longer. What was here is gone. And in most instances, there's not a chance to get it back. And even if you get it back, you get it back in a new way, right? What what was old will never be again. And while there may sometimes be opportunities to move forward with what you once thought you lost, it will never be what it was before you lost it. It's just that simple. And accepting that um, puts you in a position to be able to move forward in a way that is healthier, that is um, more effective, honestly, for lack of a better term, for you to get to your next things, um, because the reality is, while what is old is gone, um, what is new can still be beautiful. And while there may always feel like there is something missing, based, depending on what the loss is, there is an opportunity to add more and to gain in that process of, of building um, from where you are forward. Right. There's a a recognition that the foundation has shifted. The foundation of my life shifted when I lost Winona Hemingway, my grandmother. Um, The foundation of my life shifted again when we lost my mom's baby sister, my Aunt Mia. Um, And I have never been the same. The person I was before those incidents doesn't exist anymore because that person cannot imagine their world without those people. So when you move forward and you, you live in a world without those people it's different and you're different and that's okay um I've had losses of goals and dreams you know I share the story of when I I went to college initially in 1999 I had very specific plans to graduate to accomplish to do things I had this very specific vision for what my life would be and at the time when that didn't happen when I left school without the degree when I moved to Atlanta not really knowing what I was going to do next um I had to grieve that because that was never in the plan. I could, I never would have imagined that when I went to college in 1999, that when I left the first time, I would have left without the degree. Like I could, there was nothing up until the moment where it happened, where I saw that as a, a possibility. Um, and so I had to grieve the life I had built for myself in my mind because that life has never existed, right? My trajectory shifted, that foundation shifted, the girl I was before that happened versus the girl I was after different and I'm here to say that while it's different she is still beautiful right I love who I am I love what my life is I can thoroughly appreciate my past um, in particular because of the people I've met along the way and the experiences that I've had I don't know if they would be the same right Um, no let me rephrase that I know that they would not be the same had I completed college when I initially set out to complete college and went off on the trajectory that I thought I wanted for myself There's no guarantee that I would be where I am today. And let me tell you something. While it has its hard moments, because Jesus, hard moments, I thoroughly love where I am today. I thoroughly love who I am today. Um, 
like, again, to be real, I can't imagine it any other way because what is is so beautiful. And here's the thing. Grief is going to come again, right? Loss is going to come again. I can't stop it from happening. But what I can do is prepare myself to um, give myself space and room and freedom for when it does happen. As much as we want to not deal with it, it is a part of living. Everything is not going to go the way that I want it to go. All things, um, while I trust that all things will be made well and will be made beautiful, all things are not good and all things are not beautiful in the moment all the time. So, you know, as you move through these stages and phases of grief, you've got to give yourself room for that. Um, The next thing is one of the reasons why it's really important to give ourselves space and grace to fill our feelings. Um, to move through those stages, to be okay with maybe moving a little bit slower so that we can get through where we are and how we're doing. It's because when we don't address grief properly, when we don't manage it well, not does it not, it does not only have the ability to impact us mentally and emotionally, but also physically as well. I'm a person, um, when I'm stressed out, when I'm grieving, when I'm not dealing with things really well. Some of the ways it manifests in my body is I definitely have gastrointestinal issues. Tummy issues? Let me tell you something. Tummy issues are no fun. They are no fun. You can develop ulcers. You have acid reflux. You have all kinds of things happening in the gastrointestinal system when you are stressed and when you are grieving really hard and not allowing yourself to move through the process. Um, Brain fog. Like psychological issues, I'll tell people in a heartbeat, that's probably one of the first things to actually be impacted when I'm grieving is that um, I just can't, I, I can't get clear thoughts. Like I can't find words. If you know me in real life, you know, sis, if I ain't got nothing else, I got words. Um, I can't always find the words. I can't always get my thoughts across. I can't always get the words to come out of my mouth when I do have them. It's a very frustrating process. And that's definitely one of the ways that grief shows up in my world. It's like I almost lose my ability to communicate. Because I can't say what I really want to say. Um, what else? What are some other ways? Heart. Heart and stress issues. You know, when people are grieving, you have heart attacks. You have strokes. Because the weight of all of that pressure on your, your body and your nervous system and your cardiovascular system, the disruption that it causes is enough to cause some permanent damage if you let it. Um so you've got to be mindful of that. So people can experience heart palpitations, shortness of breath, chest pains, um, headaches, tension and stress. Um, weakness, just general weakness in the body. When people are grieving, they're typically more susceptible to colds and flus and infections. If you already have health issues, um, you can exacerbate them, you know when going through the grieving process. Now, here's the thing. Some of this will just happen naturally as a part of the grieving process, right? There will be some brain fog, I think, in general, as a part of the grieving process on average. There will be some physical tiredness because grieving is a heavy process. You may experience some chest pain. You may develop some anxiety. Um, Things, you know, fatigue, like really strong fatigue. Those, some of those things are going to happen regardless of what you do. Um, the point is, is that if you manage it well, and if you allow yourself to move through the grieving process at a, a pace that is good for you, right, at a steady pace, but don't allow yourself to get stuck in any one place, um, 
it helps you to minimize the impacts of these things, right? You can't totally alleviate them. Grief will come. It has a weight to it. It has a cost that you pay. Just it is a part of what it is. But we don't have to extend the cost that we pay. We don't have to extend the time of pain um, if we approach it with space and grace. If we acknowledge the fact that it's okay to be sad because you did have a loss. Um, If we tell the people around us, I don't actually know how you can help me. But can you be at the ready for when I do need help? Um, I have a friend who gave a beautiful example. He lost his grandfather and he literally told people what they could do in that moment. He's like, I don't need you to call me because I really don't want to talk. But if you see, he likes alpacas, which I think is the most adorable thing in the world. He's like, if you see some cute alpaca pictures or videos, send those to me. Send me any like comedy videos because I just need to laugh. Like that's what I need to keep me light. And he said, that's exactly what people did. Right. And it helped him to effectively move through his grieving process because he was able to get what he needed, avoid what he didn't, which is a lot of people calling him. He's like, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to be touched. I don't need hugs. I need space. Um, but when I do come to something, it, it'll feel really good if I can laugh or smile because alpacas make him smile. Um, and he said it, it really helped him to process through his grief by having those things that he needed. And so that's the, the number one thing. You may not know everything you need, but if you can think of something you need, feel comfortable asking those you love for it. Because the truth is people around you want to help you, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. Everyone handles grief differently. Some people don't want to be touched. They want to be left alone. Some people want all the hugs in the world and want you to stay around. Some people want you to bring them food. Some people don't bring anything because they're not going to eat it anyway. Um, some people want you to walk through the process with them. Some people want you to leave them alone until they reach out. It's going to be different for each person. But what you can do is say, when you f- if you need something, let me know. And when you figure it out, I'll do everything I can to get it to you. Super simple. Um, so that's if you're dealing with someone that's grieving. If you are grieving, if you think of something, no matter how trivial it seems and you need it, ask for it. Um, when one of my great uncles passed away, my Aunt Kathy, who was handling the, the funeral situation, I just asked her, I said, is there anything you need, right? Because I lost an uncle, but she lost a brother. Um, and she said, I was looking for some gloves because I'm like, no, I'm going to have to shake a lot of hands. So I went online and bought her some gloves, right? It was really basic. It was really simple, but it meant the world to her because it was a small thing that she needed. It was one less thing she had to figure out. Went on Amazon, bought the gloves, had them sent to my mom. My mom's talking to my aunt. Boom. Helped her through her grieving process. So be ready to show up the way people need you to show up for them. You know, um, I have a friend that's grieving right now. And it's like, if you need me to go take a COVID test today so that you feel comfortable with me coming to sit with your children, I'll do that. I'll take the COVID test today. I'll stay in the house until I get the results. And once I get the results, the only place I'll come is to be with your family. If you need me to show up for you that way. Um, when you're grieving, set boundaries. Sometimes people ask us to do really big things because we're the big personalities or we're the people who kind of figure everything out when stuff is going on. Let me say, you don't have to always be that person. And you can say, I can't do it this time. It's okay to press pause on other people's expectations of you while you're grieving. To give yourself room to feel your feelings and to cry or to sit or to emote or to just be. Um, So set firm boundaries. So that's one, ask for what you need. Two, set firm boundaries. Three, break down wherever you need to break down. (laughs) It sounds crazy, but I remember having a breakdown in the middle of an old Navy. Because the feelings were just overwhelming and it was too much work to try to keep them in. So I just broke down. 
I couldn't be so concerned with other people's comfort that I hurt myself in the process. So I was in the middle of Nelly and I just started crying and I walked out to the store and there happened to be a bench outside and I went and sat on the bench and cried some more. Give yourself that space. Um, if you feel overwhelmed by your emotions, take a minute and just lay down if you can. Um, the joy of the pandemic, I'm putting air quotes around joy, is that a lot of us are spending more time at home, which means if we find ourselves in some kind of grieving process, odds are we may be in our home space. So while you're at home, you know, lay down. Maybe you can't go to sleep. Maybe you can't take a nap. Maybe you can't lay down all day. You might have children. You might be working on stuff. You might be doing other things. But in the moment where you're overwhelmed by your emotions, set a five to ten minute timer. Lay down. Let those emotions go through you in a way. Don't fight them. Allow them. When I have learned that when you allow the emotions to come and the flow, they leave faster and you are less tired when they go. <laughs> right? Let the wave of sadness come. Lay down. Cry. Take a few deep breaths. Get up and go back to what you were doing. Most things can handle a 10 minute pause for you to let that wave of emotion move through you so that you can get to the next thing. Give yourself grace. Um, do your best to, to do things that bring you comfort. So um, I can say I'm, I am in a grieving process right now. And so what did I do today? I put on really comfy clothes because they made me feel good. The clothes kind of feel like a hug. Um, my shirt actually says, let's get cozy. I'm doing my work from my bed because my bed is a comfortable place for me. I've got my, my Starbucks. I've got my warm beverage. Um, I'm making sure I still drink enough water because that's important. And that's all I've committed to. If I can't do more, I can't do more. If I can't show up, I can't show up. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm okay with telling other people that. Like, hey, I am grieving right now. And so I know I was supposed to show up in a certain way, but I can't. Um... To give my space to show up when I can and to be able to still show up well. So those are the three things that you can do to help you effectively navigate your grieving process. Ask for what you need. Set very firm boundaries. Um, and then give yourself space to feel your feelings as they come as much as you can. And, you know, obviously if you're a doctor and you're in the middle of surgery, you can't break down and cry because there's somebody else's life on the line on the table. But if, as soon as the surgery is over, you can take five minutes and go put your head down on the desk. Take it. Um, you know, take the space everywhere you can take the space because you're worthy of the space. Oh, and I'll just add the last one. Um, I recognize that everybody can't handle everyone's grief. Everyone can't sit with people in their pain. Um, everyone doesn't know what to do. You don't need a lot of people. You just need the right people. And the right people may not always be who you think they'll be. But I promise you the right people are there. And so find who your right people are, your people who will allow you to be human, who will let you break down, who will cover you in, in prayer or whatever it is you believe, right? For me, it's prayer. Um, who will offer comfort in the way that you need it, which may sometimes just be sitting in silence together on the phone. And um, who will commit to loving you back to wholeness. So that's all, friends. Um, if you find yourself grappling with grief in this season, I send my love to you. I know what it's like. Um, I know that it can feel really dark. I know it, it's not even just a feeling. I know that it can be really, really dark. But I also know that the sun will shine again. And if you commit to allowing yourself to move through your process and you equip yourself to move through it well, as dark as it may be today, 
you will one day find the light. I promise. There is life on the other side of your deepest pain. There is love on the side of your greatest loss. There is hope on the other end of your grief. And I promise you that there is some light for every bit of darkness. I love you so very much. Make it as best of a week as you can. Because you do deserve the best of what life has to offer in every moment, in every season, and through every process. Take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. If you're ready to get started on your own self-care journey and you need some help, check out the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care workbook. You can find it on Amazon.com and we would love for you to have it to help you in your self-care journey. You can also join us on social media. We have a Facebook group, the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. On Twitter, you can find us at Black Girl Self-Care. And on Instagram, we are Black Girl Self-Care Revolution. So come on over and join us online. Keep the conversation going um, and stick with us in between episodes. Love you so much. Thank you for joining me today. And I just hope that you have an amazing rest of your day, month, week, year, that it is literally you living your best life. So till next time, be well.